Welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. All right, bang, bang, everyone, and welcome back to the Goalie Hacks audio experience. As always, with your host, Mike Santaguida, for another week of straight next-level goaltending development material. And here we are in the middle of October, and the season is finally here and underway. Uh, and it sounds like hockey, for the time being, is getting underway relatively smoothly, obviously compared to the last couple of years of disruptions, which is, of course, a breath of fresh air for uh, everyone and we're able to finally get back to our craft and playing and competing in the game we love and uh, continue to move our development forward and to everyone tuning into the show I'm sending out massive good luck uh, to all our hacktivists out there who tune into this program to take uh, your game to the next level uh, from goalies to coaches to parents every other week and we continue to have some very exciting potential guests in the work uh, as we work hard to continue to bring you guys the best content in the industry and today does not disappoint as longtime coach at the next level turned NHL coaching veteran uh, is joining us for his first podcast uh, appearance ever and that gentleman is John Elkin based out of Southern Ontario with John Elkin Goalie Schools and uh, for those who don't know John was one of my first coaches I went to back when I was seven years old over 20 years ago and uh, totally helped transform my game and teach me the fundamentals of goaltending uh, that helped start me down a road of success and ultimately helped me have a very long career at the next level and John has coached over 20 years now at the next level and has taught just so many uh, successful goalies under his tutelage that have won you know anything from Stanley Cups to endless personal accolades and championships at all levels and the list goes on and on and uh, it was a privilege to have John on as we've been trying to connect for some time and a uh, big shout out to the least for giving John the green light to come on the show today I know everyone in the goalie community is going to be super grateful to hear from him as he breaks his radio silence to join us today and also big shout out to John and his new role with the Leafs uh, as the head of goaltender evaluation development for the entire Leafs organization uh, and I know you guys are just going to love the insight today. So we're not going to waste any time. So without further ado, let's jump right into this week's conversation. I know you're going to love the chat John and I had today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Goalie Hacks podcast. And today on the show, I have another stellar guest lined up. Longtime goaltending coach at the next level now turned AHL and NHL coaching veteran. And that man is John Elkin. And after growing up in Montreal, Quebec, John got into goaltending coaching in the 90s and very soon made his rise to the NHL level, being named the NHL goalie coach for the Calgary Flames from 1999 to 2002. Spent several seasons later on coaching in the OHL for several teams, including Kingston, Sudbury, Peterborough, Mississauga, Sault Ste. Marie, and London. And from 2015 to 18, was named the NHL goalie coach for the Arizona Coyotes. And since then, has been named the goalie coach for the Toronto Marlies from 2018 to the present 21-22 season now. And was recently promoted to head of uh, goaltender evaluation and development uh, from anything from pro to amateur goalies, as well as developing younger goalie coaches in the lease organization. Uh, from the ECHL all the way up to the NHL. And above all, for those who don't know, John was one of my first mentors who uh, helped me take my game to the next level, taught me the fundamentals of goaltending, and started me on a road to becoming an elite goaltender a long time ago. And uh, through his goalie school, which is based in Southern Ontario, John has helped just dozens and dozens of goaltenders get to the next level from all over the world and uh, regularly see students from all walks of the globe. And having been a, a part of John's programs for so long, I can say, uh, I've met so many great goaltenders come through his school, 
uh, that have experienced just massive success uh, all at all levels from minor hockey, juniors, major juniors in college, all the way up to pro in the NHL. And I couldn't be happier to welcome him to the show today to chat some goaltending development. John, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, it's great to be here. Couldn't be happier to see your success. And Teresa, uh, <laughs> it's been a long time. I remember you as a little guy. And it's just great to see uh, see you grow and, and follow your career, which has been very successful. And now uh, doing what you're doing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. And I, uh, I appreciate the kind words. And, and obviously great to get going on a call here. Uh, been trying to get John on for a long time. Uh, and, and obviously, like I mentioned, John has been a, a big mentor to me during my time growing up uh, and developing. It was really, you know, the first coach that I met that, you know, really truly taught me the fundamentals and, and helped me build a base that helped me see some early success in my career, even as a smaller goalie, which a lot of our listeners are familiar with my story. Uh, and, and we've known each other for over 20 years now, which is pretty crazy to think about. Uh, you're probably the the... I've probably known you the longest out of any goalie coach I think I know, but uh, John has been a, a great mentor to so many other goalies as well that have, have gone on to play pro all around the world and, uh, you know, have very successful careers. And, and obviously, big shout out to the Toronto Maple Leafs for letting John come on today uh, to chat some goaltending development, but super grateful to have you on. Uh, John, excited to dive into everything today. But, um, you know, maybe we can just start off briefly uh, chatting about some of the challenges, you know, a lot of goalies have faced due to COVID and uh, maybe a few things that might help them overcome those challenges moving forward. Yeah, it's been it's been tough in general for all of us. Hopefully, it seems like we're we're getting out of this thing and back to normal as far as playing goes. Yeah, for sure. For most people, last year was 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 tough. A lot of kids uh, didn't get to play, and uh, that was tragic. But uh, I I think you know you have to look at these things philosophically and 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 uh, realize that um, there are things beyond our control, but there are things within our control. Mm -hmm. And those are, you know, there's things one can do on a daily basis to stay mentally sharp and physically ready. Um, and, and that's the key, you know, no matter, no matter what you face, uh, if you really want something, if you, if you really love playing goal, then, uh, you'll find a way to stay, you know, to stay on point. There's mm -hmm. players that get injured. There's players that get injured for se for a season, two seasons in a row, and they come back and they're fine. You know, they haven't missed a beat as long as you're mentally, uh, involved and you're working on your, yourself and, uh, your, your, your physique, your mental game, you know, you can stay on top of things and be ready once things resume. But I'm hoping everybody's back to the resumption phase and playing hockey now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and obviously, um, you know, great point. And, and everybody's sort of been in the same situation. And, and like the example you mentioned in some cases where one guy gets sidelined and he's out for a bit and he's got to sort of make a comeback. But in the, the circumstances we're in right now, it's everybody sort of got, you know, sidelined a bit and, and, you know, uh, put a, a stop in their development and the guys that really kind of stuck to it and, and have put their nose to the grinder during that time to sort of develop, I guess, a good way to put it, uh, you know, hopefully returning to some level of normality. And, and even if I guess cases go up, I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of the leagues have sort of figure out a way to, to play this year. Right. Yeah. I hope we, uh, hope nobody has to shut down again, but, but you know, if you do, 
you, you, you got to stick with it. I mean, you, you, yeah. you don't, you don't plant a seed when you're hungry. You, you plant it uh, in advance knowing that you'll be hungry down the road. So if you're not playing, you know, it doesn't mean that you get into all kinds of bad habits mm-hmm. or get out of shape uh, or mentally, you know, give up uh, because once things get, get fired up again, you got to be ready to go. It's kind of like when you're a backup goalie, you know, you have two, two ways to approach it. You can, be dejected and sit on the bench and complain mm-hmm. and stop working hard. But, uh, there'll be a check. You'll get in there again someday. And when you are, you better be better be ready. So yeah. if you want to be ready, you got to have a, have a proper attitude, maintain your positivity and keep working on yourself and your game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, obviously wish you and your guys and your squad the, the best of luck as you roll into the, the beginning of the season here. But uh, obviously gave you a, a big intro there, but maybe you can just start off by briefly sharing a bit of your uh, your story, your background and, you know, how we got to where we are today. Oh, yeah, it goes back a little farther than 1990s. It, it started <laughs> in the 80s, actually. Yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me some stories uh, back in the day about when you started and maybe you could tell everybody. Well, I started at, at 16. I started part-time. A wonderful fellow, uh, a science teacher at my high school, had a, had a hockey school in Montreal. And he asked me, I guess he was the only guy he knew in the area of goaltending. He asked me to run their goalie, you know, a little goalie thing within their hockey school, yeah. keep their goalies occupied. And I did that at 16. And then the following year, he decided to wrap the school up and I took over the ice and I started uh, John Elkins goalie schools. And, and back then, uh, I don't think there was anything like it in the world. There might've been a guy out West in uh, Saskatchewan, if I mm-hmm. recall, but, but apart from that, you know, there weren't any schools just for goalies. There were schools where you came and they had a goalie, you know, an hour or two for the goalies. But uh, so I started just goalies, only goalies. Mm-hmm. And I did that part time. And then after graduating, I uh, was thinking about getting to the finance area. But, uh, you know, my heart led me back to this and I moved over to Toronto, uh, hockey capital of the world and happy mm-hmm. I did in 1992 and um, started my school. I had one student, one student from Montreal that had moved to Toronto. And uh, I called him up and said, hey, do you think you can introduce me to some people in the hockey world? I got some introductions and started, uh, you know, advertising the school and word of mouth. And it, it, uh, it grew from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, been a long time in the business now, over 30 years in, in the coaching business. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I talk to people all over the place and, and uh, obviously the comment comes up of, oh, where, where do you train? Typically where you train. Um, obviously a lot of goalie coaches out there, but typically when I mention your name, a lot of people are, you know, very familiar name of, uh, goaltending coaching coming out of Canada. Uh, but obviously, you know, I want to dive right in your coaching philosophy right off the bat. We're going to kind of jump into, uh, the development at each level. You've been a coach, uh, for so many guys at so many different levels, but, uh, just start off sort of with the basics and get right into the nitty gritty that, that people love. Uh, but maybe you can just briefly dive into your specific three or four pillars that you surround your goaltending and playing philosophy around and why you think they're so important. Uh, yeah, that's the pillars of goaltending. Well, I mean, there's so much when it comes to this position, but if we wanted to break it down and simplify it, 
first of all, fundamentals. Mm. Uh, fundamentals meaning technique, uh, how you stand, your posture, how you move, how one moves. Uh, fundamentals. If you have to have a strong fundamental base, uh, good biomechanics in order to uh, get yourself into position quickly and under control. So fundamentals, we all start with fundamentals. And then after that, it's your reads, the way you read the game, the read, reading the play uh, is, is enormous for anticipation. We, I talked about, you know, movement fundamentals, but a big part of getting in position is also uh, one's reads, reading mm-hmm. the play. And then uh, moving, moving beyond that, it becomes, you know, an athletic endeavor, just letting yourself react, being an athlete, uh, reading, reacting to the play and to the release. Um, so fundamentals, read the play, react, be an athlete. And then finally, you know, you can't, you can't overlook for me. It's, it's uh, maybe number one. I don't know where you, number one or number four, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, but it's important. Your attitude, your mental approach, mm. uh, the psychology of goaltending. So those are those are the main areas of of focus for me. Yeah, so maybe we can go back to you know obviously fundamentals. Uh, I'm familiar with your schools and and your camps that you run in the summers. Um, big big part of you know how the camps are start off is building that base, working out, uh, working up to more advanced stuff, but really starting with that fundamental base. Um, you know how, how do how do you first start out by teaching that to your goaltenders either in camps or you know when you get new goalies that come to you first off like how do you how do you teach that sort of that that foundation of fundamentals first yes well it's it depends on the level uh, as you mentioned Uh, yeah and and it in a general sense you know also sometimes i'm familiar with a player if it's a pro player i'll watch a video on them uh, because generally there's a lot of video at that level less so for younger kids but, um, you know, if I'm starting from scratch and taking a typical average teenager, uh, I, I start with the stance. I think mm. the stance is that's where everything begins with and, and um, being activated in the proper areas, mm. um, having a big presence in the net. And uh, stance is also posture when you, when you move, when you go down, when you drop maintaining a proper posture mm-hmm. uh, while you're doing that and uh, which leads one into tracking you know uh, having the proper head and hand and body posture so you can track the puck well um, so it though it starts there and then we move we move into movement <laughs> we go into movement you know moving you got to be able to move move around on your feet and on your knees and and, uh, I always say, you know, when you can get to places on your feet, get there on your feet, you want to maintain those feet as long as you possibly can. But when you have to go down, you slide or you recover. And uh, so all those, all those fundamentals on how to move uh, biomechanically sound quickly and efficiently, whether you're on the, on your feet or on your knees, those are things we, we spend a lot of time with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, and then it's, uh, you know, 
reacting to the shot, I guess you could say, and, and, uh, and patience, always emphasizing patience. Uh, those are fundamental areas that, that we, we start with and, and we make sure there's some proficiency in them. Yeah. And, and maybe touching on that, you mentioned athleticism and reaction, uh, reading, reacting to the play and release, uh, big advocate for patience. You know, why do you think that's so important in, in today's game to, to really work on that? And how can kids sort of uh, develop that skill a little bit better? Yeah, well, that's everything. You know, once, first of all, these shooters are getting so much, uh, so they're getting so good, smart, mm-hmm. getting really smart. And uh, they're, there's a there's a good understanding of goaltending, uh, more so than there's ever been uh, on their side, and so they they know they're trying to throw things at you, they're trying to fool you, they're trying to get you to bite, uh, they're trying to fake you out, draw your attention somewhere, and 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 do something else, mm-hmm. and to be successful, you know you have to you have to wait, a goalie has to wait until something happens. Uh, before they react, you anticipate, but if you if you move too early, you're in big trouble. So patience, I mean, patience. I say, you know, patience is a virtue in life, but for a goalie, it's a necessity. You have to have it. There's no other way around it. Uh, and how do you work on patience? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, if you're, I could tell you one thing. If your stance or biomechanics uh, are off. Uh, it's harder to be patient, so that that's that's one one place to start. Uh, the other the other area is, you know, just between the years. It takes poise. It takes uh, a calmness of mind. It takes mm-hmm. a, a very strong focus, a very intense focus with with uh, while being relaxed at the same time. What I call relaxed intensity. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, how does one uh, work on that? How do you improve that? Well, there's, there are a lot of ways to do that, and it, and it takes a lot of work. And, um, but that should be an emphasis over time with experience. Uh, the more one works on that aspect of the game, the more that one understands themselves emotionally and mentally, the more patient you can be. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then finally diving into sort of your last point, uh, attitude and character, mental approach to the game, you know, what, what, what's sort of the most important mental aspects that you typically like to focus on and develop in your goaltenders when they come to you? Uh, she's once again, it's, you know, it's age, it's more age specific, specific, but, yeah. uh, you know, first of all, like anything else, it's a no brainer. It's, it's, you, you gotta have a work ethic. Mm. Um, you have to have a work ethic. Everything starts from work. If, if you work hard enough at something for long enough, you can figure it out. So um, got to be able to work hard. And the good news about it is anybody can do it. You know, mm-hmm. anybody can do it. You don't have to be smart to work hard. You don't have to be big to work hard. You don't have to be handsome, beautiful, <laughs> you know, have a high IQ, yeah. being uh, gifted, uh athletically gifted anybody can work hard it's it's just your approach you know and if if you have i I guess maybe i should start with passion you know if you have the passion uh then you then you should should uh the work should come but you got it starts with work 
Mm-hmm. You gotta work. So that's that's number one. Number two, you have to have fun. You gotta enjoy it. You have to enjoy what you're doing. Uh, that makes that that that'll get you through. That'll that'll push you to work hard. Number one and number two uh, allows a goalie allows a person to be more relaxed. And, and like I said before, you have to have a, you have to be relaxed, have a calmness to you mm-hmm. um, in order to re- react, to be patient, to process the information. And if you're not having fun, that's tough to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hard work and, and having fun, those are the two main areas. And then there's just a, a whole bunch of other things that, that come into play. Um you know, working hard, it's easy to say, and everybody wants to work hard and people do work hard from time to time. Um, and it's easy to work hard when you feel good and you're motivated and, and you get in the net and you get into practice and, and you're, you know, the first drill goes great and you had a, you know, you had a great sleep, a great day, you're in a great mood, you made the first bunch of saves and now you're ready you're going to have a great practice. You're going to work hard. But the, the thing is, you know, that's not reality. That's not how every day goes. Yeah, for sure. A lot, a lot of days you get there and you're tired. You didn't sleep well. You had a rough day at school. Whatever it is, you get in the net. Things aren't, you're not seeing the puck properly. And then what do you do? You know, that consistency of work is, is the key. And, um, and, and to be consistent, uh, in your preparation, in your work, mm-hmm. well, there's, there's, you know, there's things that can help you in that regard. If you want to dive into those, I, I, I can explore that. Or if you want to go another direction, let me know. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I think a big part of, of making it to the next level is, is being able to, to develop that, uh, that consistency in your game, you know, whether your, your team is, putting up a, a 90 out of a hundred on any given night and you get five shots or you get 50 shots on another night, you know, that's sort of what, uh, differentiates a lot of, uh, the great goalies from the good. Right. So maybe you can dive into exactly what some people can do to, to be more consistent. Obviously that's a big mental aspect of being successful in this position. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, it's habits. You know, everything starts with, with one's habits. We're creatures of habit. Uh, the things we do over and over again become who we are. Uh, the chains of habit, there's a great quote, the chains of habit are too weak to be felt until they're too strong to be broken. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't realize you're doing things on a, on a daily basis and, and you don't, you're not aware of them until one day it becomes who you are and it's hard to break the habit. So mm-hmm. you want to build good habits rather than bad habits. If, if, if you want to be successful, if you want to be a good goalie, you want to have good habits, um, that'll, that'll lead to success and consistency. And and a good way to start off with is setting some goals. Mm. Uh, There's two types of goals. There's long-term, there's short-term, the long-term goals, you know, maybe are, are season long. You want to be in the top five goalies in the league. You want to win a championship. Or maybe further down the road, you want to get a scholarship, play junior hockey, make the NHL, long-term goals. And these are important. They're like a white, a lighthouse. You know, when you're out at sea, a ship's out at sea, it's night, it's stormy, it's dark. 
the light, the light kind of leads you, keeps you on course. It leads you in. And uh, I always recommend writing one's goals somewhere. I have, have them on a blackboard, sorry, whiteboard behind my desk. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just something to look at and, and remember, you know, what you're striving for. Sometimes you get down, things aren't going well. Um, you're losing your perspective and motivation. And, and these kind of keep you on track. But more importantly is the short-term goals, the daily goals. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when we talk about short-term goals, um, I recommend, first of all, everybody has a cell phone these days. Yeah. And these cell phones are amazing, obviously. They're, they're your, your ticket to the world. Anything you need to need or any communication, mm-hmm. you, you can reach the whole world. So they're fantastic. But what I recommend when you get up in the morning, instead of reaching for your cell phone, just leave it aside for a minute. Leave it aside. <laughs> because when you reach for your phone, what are you doing? You're reacting. You're, seeing, you're checking out Instagram, Facebook. Your, your, your messages, your texts, um, you're seeing what's going on in the world and you're reacting to it. I think it's really important that you have some control, that, that you decide your agenda for yourself mm-hmm. rather than other people decide your agenda. So, yeah. you know, to me, it's, it's, it's let, your, let your attitude determine your day. Don't let your day determine your attitude. So, mm-hmm. I recommend you get up and you check in, check in, see how you're feeling, and then think about what you want to accomplish for the day. And and I put the I put these into three categories. First of all, you know, what do you want to accomplish that day to be successful in whatever you're doing, whether it's being a better student, you know, that you might say to yourself, well, you know, I've been kind of falling asleep in class. I got to I want to sit up front today. And I want to pay attention and ask questions. So that's, that's, that's your goal for the day. Or it might be, you know, I haven't been practicing as well as I want. Practice later in the day, I want to go give it. I want to give her 100%. I want to be on fire during that practice. You know, that's your goal. I want to work hard. So those are, those are more success or career type goals. And then, and then the other category uh, is that, that I think is important is, you know, your character goals or how you want to be as a person. You always want to get better as a person. Um, You know, so maybe you were mean to a fellow student or a buddy the day before. And today, you know, you want to rectify that and be a good, a good friend or a good person, you know, or, or you lost your temper. Um, You're losing your temper too much. Well, you might have a goal today. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to stay calm. Right. And uh, listen to people more and, and not lose my temper. So personal goals. And then the third category is fun, you know, enjoyment. Yeah. What do you want to do today to have a little bit of fun? You know, and that, that, that's where uh, being grateful comes in. You know, you, you're doing things and, and take some time to be grateful. Enjoy yourself. So yeah. setting those daily goals, I think, are really important. Um, yeah. and, and that helps when you have a goal that kind of deter that helps to guide your actions. You know, when you're do when you have a decision to make, you're thinking, well, this this going to align with my goals or go against my goals. Um, and then in the, and then in the end of the, in the end, at the end of the day, um, 
I think it's important just before you get to bed or sometimes take a couple minutes and think about, you know, did you accomplish your goals? Right. Did you come up short? Uh, what you need to, what you want to improve on for the next day. So as far as being consistent goes, uh, you know, having a plan, having a plan is, is really important. You, you don't feel, you don't feel you choose, you know, it, during the day, like you might not feel like practicing. Mm-hmm. You might not feel like working out. Uh, you're not going to feel like it every day. You might not feel like being nice. You know, you might not feel like being a teammate. That's not what's important. It's what you choose, what you choose, what you want. The decisions mm-hmm. you make are, are, are really important. Yeah. Um, and confidence, confidence doesn't come from results. A uh, good, good buddy of mine, a good longtime student, Peter Budai, we were chatting yeah. the other day. He came up with a great line. He goes, John, confidence doesn't come from results. Mm-hmm. I go, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, if you're, you know, if you're, if you play well, you feel good, right? You have a great game, you feel great. Well, what happens when you have a bad game? Then you feel bad. So you're not going to play well every game. So if you're if you're if you're relying on your results to determine how you feel, you're in trouble because you're going to be like a yo-yo. You're going to go right. up and down. You know, confidence comes from being prepared. And uh, and I think just to reiterate, sum sum it up. You know, setting goals, setting daily goals will help you guide you in the help guide you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of wanted to jump into work bottom up all the way from minor hockey all the way up to, you know, basically the NHL level, um, you know, and regarding sort of the minor hockey level. Do you think that's probably one of the most important skills that that kids can start developing who are looking to make the transition to junior hockey in the near future? Uh, well, yeah, you know, confidence is uh, is everything. If if you're confident, one can accomplish a lot. But uh, it's just part of the package, you know. Really, really, uh, uh, in order to make that transition, working on one's fundamentals, um, understanding the game, reading the play, uh, those are those are key areas, and and uh, improving or or doing things to become a better athlete. Uh, those, those are all the basics, the basic things you need in order to have success and to keep learning, to keep improving. So um, those, those are the key areas that, that you need to bring to the table uh, if you're looking to advance. Uh, reading the play, you can, you know, it, part of it is, is, is obviously through experience and being aware, but also watching hockey. Yeah, one, yeah. Of the, one of the things I ask when uh, I'm scouting goalies, when I'm doing interviews for the amateur NHL draft is, do you watch hockey? You know, if a guy doesn't watch hockey, I'm thinking, well, he's probably not that passionate about it. Right. right? And if a guy's watching hockey, watching other games, watching pros um, all the time, then uh, he's picking up, he or her are picking up you know, uh, um, plays they're picking, they're picking up patterns, I should say. Yeah. Cues cues and, 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 uh, that, that enter this, this, the uh, subconscious and, and that can be, that can come out as they play that helps influence their games. So, you know, there's a lot of things one can do to read the play, but, uh, you know, it's a full package. It's a full package. If you have a certain fundamental, um, 
ability or, or, or understanding of the game, if you can read the play really well, if you are athletic and um, if you have, bring a strong work ethic and love for the game, uh, those are real keys to moving up in the, in, in the sport. Yeah. Yeah, and then kind of regarding juniors, uh, obviously you have an extensive experience coaching at the, the major junior level and have seen uh, lots of guys come through Tier 2 juniors as well through your school. Uh, but where exactly do you typically see kids struggle the most when they're trying to make the transition to junior hockey from minor hockey? Um, a, lot of, a lot of times it's patience. Hmm. It's patience. You know, biting too early, making the first move. Uh, over committing those can those can cause a lot of trouble as you move up in levels mm-hmm. uh, in minor hockey you can get away with it a lot a lot easier because kids aren't uh, they can't convert as 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 easily um, so you get away with a lot of those mistakes but as you move up from minor hockey to junior or, or college and as you move from college to pro uh patience is becomes a premium you you have to have it yeah and um if you struggle with that if you're too technical and locked in and robotic and uh you're going to run into trouble you you really need to be able to read react and and have some poison in it yeah so you kind of mentioned uh, early on uh, a big part of you know your philosophies, fundamentals, and uh, your stance and your posture. So you know this theme has come up a lot with patience and being patient. What sort of like a general sense of uh, when you see guys? You know, there's this there's sort of a lot of circulation of a conversation going on around wide versus neutral stance. You know, bent over versus more upright. You know, where do you kind of sit on that spectrum in terms of the way you articulate that to your guys to help them be more patient when they're in the net? Having having one's feet underneath them is is really important. Yeah. Um, well, you, you can't get too wide. That's, I you know, I'd start with that. And then um, the chest, the angle of the chest, you know, it varies. It varies just as long yeah. as as long as it's not too low where you're shutting off your core. At some point, right. you get too low and you're shutting off your, you're no longer moving from your activating your glutes and your, your you know, your core, your abs are, are, are not firing as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it varies for a, a really large guy might want to bend over more, a right. smaller guy want to be, might want to be more upright, but um, definitely keeping those feet underneath oneself and uh, making sh- sure the core stays activated. Those are keys for patients. Once, yeah. once uh, if one of those things are off, you're in trouble. Why, why do you think it, getting too wide would, would uh, affect that? Maybe you can dive into that a bit. Yes, well, I mean, when you get wide, it's, it's tough to move. It's tough to move. It's tough yeah. to, you're, you're kind of locked into the, the easiest thing to do is drop the knees. It's, it's very mm-hmm. tough to keep the knees up to, to, to push and, and, um, you know, readjust yourself on your feet, uh, as well as maybe stay up on shots. It's, it's, uh, you're kind of holding up the, 
holding up the house of cards, you know, it's just, uh, you're on your outside inside edges, mm-hmm. your knees are low. It's, it's, you're just trying to keep everything up and it's, it's tough. You're fighting gravity, but when your knees are under or feet are underneath you and your knees aren't quite so, uh, close to the ice, um, aren't quite as angled. Uh, it's a lot, it's just a lot easier to move and it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to stay on your feet and, and have the option to stay on one's feet or drop. So, so that's important. The other thing is, is being relaxed in the stance. Mm. When I say activated, it doesn't mean you have tension. If you have tension, uh, that can really act against you. Yeah. Uh, being relaxed in the stance, the arms, um, you should be able to wiggle your shoulders. You know, you, you have to, be relaxed when your muscles are too tight, uh, too stressed. If they're firing, um, you can't move as quickly. Mm-hmm. You, need, you need a relaxed muscle uh, before it can move. So um, being relaxed uh, is really important. Being, yeah. being physically relaxed as, as well as mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I know you've coached uh, plenty of guys at the, the college division one level, uh, but I want to dive, you know, right into pro hockey now, which is a much different beast from, uh, you know, minor hockey juniors in college. Uh, you've seen a lot of guys obviously having uh, been coaching in the AHL there, a lot of the ECHL guys come up and, and try out with the team. Uh, but I kind of want to start out at the American League and sort of the ECHL level. But for, for goalies who typically are trying to make that jump to, to pro hockey initially, either the, the Coast or the American League, um, where do you typically see them struggle the most when they get there? Yeah, it's, it's, it's reading the play. I'd say reading the play. Yeah. You know, guys in pro, they're, they're, for the most part, they all have the ability. They all have the ability to stop the puck. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there's a difference between uh, playing the technique and playing the game. Mm. And, uh, you know, everybody at that level pretty well has, has uh, at least good enough fundamentals to uh, be able to perform, but uh, to piece it together, to read the play, read the game, uh, anticipate and um, have the poise to hang in there and, and, and not over anticipate. Uh, those are really important and they lead to consistency and, and consistency is, is really, really what separates uh you know, like I said, everybody has the ability at that level, but yeah. to do so at, on a consistent basis, um, that's what that's what separates. Yeah. And, and that is uh, so much mental. Yeah. Uh, mental in the respect of, of understanding patterns, being aware, uh, uh, you know, having great reads, and then also having the poise and confidence um, to execute on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And, and for goalies who typically find success much quicker at the, at the, the pro level, whether ECHL, AHL, you know what, you mentioned a couple things there, some, some common underlying characteristics that you think allow them to transition much smoother to pro hockey. Uh, what are a couple others, if you don't mind touching some more on it? Oh, besides the mental and the, and reading the play. Yeah, absolutely. Well, athleticism is, is yeah. uh, you know, there's some, there's some goalies who stand out in that regard. Um, 
anything one can do to promote athleticism. First of all, you have to be in great shape. So yeah, uh, it's surprising. There are some goalies who reach, reach pro, um, generally not the NHL, but, uh, you know, the ECHL, AHL, if we're talking about those types of leagues yeah. or European pro and, and a lot of these guys, you know, they're coming out of junior or college hockey and they're not in great shape. They haven't dedicated themselves uh, to getting in fantastic shape. Yeah. And there's a lot of stress, a lot of demands on the body. Goalies have to move and change direction and, and be flexible and strong and mm. uh, quick all, all together. And that takes a, a tremendous physique and, um, you know, really, really doing your work, uh, off the ice. That's, that is a huge, a huge, uh, advantage for guys who, who, who put the time in. Now it's also doing the right stuff. You know, uh, unfortunately I hate to single out league, but, uh, you know, you take the NCAA, which you're familiar with. I, yeah. I find that that the, the strength and conditioning programs, not all, but uh, a lot of them are geared towards pure strength, Olympic Yeah, lifting. absolutely. I agree. And they're doing, the goalies are doing what the forwards are doing. And goaltending is so much core. It is so much core because yeah. of the, just, the, just the, the agility that it requires. Um, and unfortunately, I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of the training is, is uh, inefficient and, and and doesn't it hurts the goalies but so you have to do the right stuff yeah uh but you got to do it you got to do your work you take a guy like mike smith i mean this guy's still playing mm-hmm. that's something since he was a kid since he was a teenager you know always always emphasize um taking good care of himself off the ice and and doing the work off the ice and he's having longevity as, and success as a result. So that, that is certainly a big part of it. The other part of it is working on yourself, you know, working on your mental, on your mental side of, of, of you. you. We all have our issues, I should say. You know, it's the best way to put it, our issues. Um, things that hold us back. Generally, guys who reach reach the AHL level, the only thing that's holding them back is themselves. The only mm-hmm. thing in the way of success is themselves. And we all have our, our, our things that hold us back, whether it's in our personal lives, whether it's in, you know, regular in business, whatever it is in our families or at the NHL pro level. And it's important to, understand what are what one's issues are and do some work on them mm-hmm. because like i said i'll reiterate we all got them but you got to do some work on them and it's like anything else it's like you want to improve your um your speed your lateral speed in the net well you get on the ice you do a lot of fundamental you work on your technique you watch video then you work on you add your speed and then you you're in the gym and you're working on your strength and, and all those things well, it's the same thing with your with your the mental side of your game and your character. Your, your mm-hmm. you know you have to dive deep in that as well. Uh, whether it's reading, uh, whether it's consulting a, a psychologist, um, a coach, a mental coach, 
a, uh, you know, meditating. There's so many things that you can do uh, to improve your, your mental game. And, uh, and that's so important as well. Yeah. Yeah. And and I know over the years, uh, you mentioned it doing a lot of scouting work, um, you know, being a lot of head goaltending roles, uh, seeing a ton of goalies, but you know, what are typically a few characteristics that you specifically look for in younger goaltenders that, that you're, you're looking at that, you know, typically will help them transition to, to pro hockey in the higher levels, uh, including the AHL and the NHL level in any organization much smoother. Yeah. You know, body language, you can tell mm. is, is, is a kid, is he passionate? Does he love it? Yeah. You know, that's, that's, uh, I mean, that was one thing I remember with you. You loved it. Just loved being on the mm-hmm. ice. Um, and as a result, <laughs> you, you know, you're able to, I mean, you overcame, listen, you're not, uh, you said you're not the tallest guy in the world, right? You're not the yeah. biggest guy in the world. Um, you had a lot of prejudice in the hockey world against your size and you fought through that and you played D one and you had a successful career and, um, got yourself an education and you're still going in the hockey field. So, you know, but it started with passion Yeah, uh, and all the hours you put in and, 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 um, so that, that, uh, once you have that in a work ethic, now you can figure everything else out. I, I think yeah. that's, that's key. And also a certain degree of athleticism. Let's, we yeah. can't kid each other. You have to be athletic. Yeah. Uh, you have to have some ability as a goalie. You know, there's a certain amount of flexibility that, that you need. Um, and uh, certainly uh, reflexes or quickness mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And, and now sort of moving to, uh, you know, the NHL level, big questions here. Uh, obviously a lot of our listeners, a younger crowd, and they love to kind of get a bit of an inside scoop into sort of, uh, what that looks like at that level, what's required, what they need to do now to, to sort of get ready for those challenges. So, you know, you, you have over six years experience coaching at the major league levels, um, you know, what, what do you think is one or two things that is characteristic of the NHL level and, and the goaltenders at that level uh, that separate them as, as the best in the world? Well, they process things very, very quickly. So, um, you know, if something's introduced, uh, if an aspect of their game needs working, uh, they get it right away. And they, they, you know, I talked about goals earlier, setting goals, objectives for yourself. Like, you know, an NHL guy, a a real pro, when he realizes, when he understands uh, a shortcoming that needs, needs fixing, needs uh, improvement. And once again, we all have them, even at that level, he's going into practice with an objective. He's aware of it and uh, he's making adjustments you know, that's that at that level, those guys, they make adjustments, you know, right away while, you know, other goalies who struggle at lower levels and take, take a while and maybe never make it just can't seem to grasp what they need to do to shore up some of their shortcomings. Yeah. Uh, So NHL guys, they recognize what it is and they're able to adapt um, immediately and, and the other thing that, that, that an NHL goaltender does so well is, is um, the consistency. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, getting back to consistency and and it's a little unfair sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll watch, I'll watch games and the cards are stacked against the goalie and mm-hmm. you know, things aren't going well. And there's all kinds of scoring chances. And, you know, it's, let's say the guy's down two one. And uh, if he lets in the next goal, it's, it's, it's over, you know, it's going to be over. For yeah. NHL guys are really good ones. They just find a way. Even if it's a grade A right. scoring chance, they just find a way to make the save. You know, if they let it in, it's almost like you—you you couldn't blame them. You couldn't blame them. Right. But the guys who stay at that level, they're making those saves. Yeah. They're yeah. making the key saves at the key times, almost the impossible save, and um, that's special. That's 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 what separates. That's that's what makes them so yeah. special. Yeah, that that compete level is sort of, uh, you know, we talk about a lot on the show is is filling that gap, right? Um, you know, you could be a guy that either, like you said, there there's so much chatter, right, from coaches and you know people within the team. All the parents said I played good, and 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 not saying, you know, not taking shots at anybody like that, but um, you know, from what I've seen over my time playing, you know, over 20, 40 years, and and is just that is the guys that really go on to do well and, and make it to the next level and sort of, uh, you know, move forward by a couple inches or the guys who are ready, who are really willing to just fill that gap, whatever it's like on any given night, whether they get five shots or 50 shots. Right. Absolutely. You do, you do what needs to be done. Um, but it, it just doesn't happen. Eh? It's, it's, uh, it's being prepared. It's being mm-hmm. prepared for anything. Right. Uh, and that's that's the groundwork you know that preparation when you have when you're prepared you feel you know you can do whatever yeah you know you can you can figure any problem out solve any problem it's a great feeling that's where confidence comes yeah, uh, yeah. being yeah. fully prepared and it takes years and it takes a lot of work and and um and there's so many th- factors involved it's a daily process uh creating the right habits on a daily basis until they're you know until it becomes who you are until you're you're a complete product and and um uh that's what we try to emphasize as coaches uh we try to influence goalies people to uh work on themselves on a consistent basis on a daily basis and um with perspective you know it's really important that uh you have good perspective and, and it's easy to get down on oneself Mm -hmm. uh, because there's so many holes, so many gaps to fill uh, in, in, in all of us and all our games and all our characters uh, that we're going to constantly come up short. We're going to constantly make mistakes and one's approach to mistakes is, is a big determinant as well. You know, can you handle mistakes? Um, uh, a big, a big problem for a lot of goalies. I find goaltenders, in general, what what gravitates, what 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 pulls people to goaltending. It seems is you know a lot of thoughtful, uh, a lot of thoughtful people who who want to challenge themselves, who love to challenge themselves, who are always striving to be better. And it almost ends up, a lot of times it ends up in a perfectionist type of approach. Right. 
You know, we want to be perfect. You know, if you if you make a mistake, it's in the net. So you're trying to be perfect. You're trying to get that shut out. And that's something that's very dangerous. You know, it's a yeah. fine line. I, I say, I always say work hard, but don't try hard. Mm. You know, if you're trying too hard, if you're trying not to make mistakes, you're in big trouble. That's where a lot of stress and tension uh, come from and, and, and resulting lack of poise and patience. So um, having a perspective on mistakes, you're going to make them. You know, I did a study on the Vezina Trophy winners over the last 20 years. Mm. And I went through every, each one of their games and I checked out their per save percentage. I mapped their pay, save percentage for each game. So mm-hmm. let's say 90, below 90, you'd say is probably not very good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, 90 to 91 might not be so hot either. Right. But let's, let's use 90% as a guide and let's say over 90% you you probably played all right. And under 90% you probably didn't play that well. Although there are exceptions, of course. For sure. So I went over all the uh, goaltenders and anywhere between a quarter to a third of the games uh, of every Vezina trophy winner over last, I think I went, I don't know what it was, 12 years or something. They all, uh, between a quarter and a third, had games under 90%. So that, yeah. means, that means a quarter or a third of your season was bad. You had bad games. You take Connor Hellebuck, the, last, uh, the guy who won uh, two years ago. Right. 33% of his games were below 90%. And yeah. he still ended up with an above 92 save percentage. So that, what, am I, what am I getting at here? What I'm getting at is... You know, even the best guy in the league that year had over a th- well thirty three had a third of the games under ninety percent. A third mm-hmm. of the games weren't that great. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to be able to deal with not being at your best, with making mistakes, and um, and that's that that's crucial. There's a great saying by Nelson Mandela, one of the, one of the uh, greatest state statesman of all time. His saying was, uh, you know, I either win or I learn. Mm. Not I either win or lose. I either win or I learn. You win both ways. You either win or you learn. You're you're still winning. So mm-hmm. having that perspective is is crucial. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and, how we and, got and, onto and, that subject. How we get onto that subject. No, no, it was good. I mean, you, you just hit a a bunch of questions that I wanted to get into. Uh, obviously, uh, you, you know, you, you've, uh, a lot of winning goaltenders under your tutelage. Um, but you know, like you said, the other side of the coin is, you know, everybody looks on elite prospects and they see all of the, all of the good things you did, but they don't say how many teams you get cut from. And everybody sees Connor Hellebuck as a, you know, Vezina trophy winner and, uh, you know, I think it was Flurry who who got it last year, correct? And and nobody really kind of sees the other side of the coin, which is, you know, uh, bouncing back and and losing occasions and and how well they they kind of figure it out afterwards, right? Um, but you know, you've coached several Stanley Cup winners, uh, tons of grizzled vets who who've won tons of accolades at the next level, you know. But in your opinion, what really separates a career winning goaltender from uh, you know just an average or everyone else typically? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of, some of it's luck. If, if, mm-hmm. you, 
if you're going to win a Stanley Cup, a lot of things have to fall in place. Um, but you, you know, you have to get, put yourself in a position to be lucky. And um, mm. uh, first of all, athleticism, you got to have it. Um, but I'd say it's, 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 um, you know, just, just your determination, your, mm-hmm. your, how much of a pro you are, how bad you want to show up every day and, and be a leader. Um, when I was with, uh, the Calgary flames, my first NHL job 20 years ago, I guess, uh, Glenn Hall, I had the, I had the privilege, the honor of Glenn Hall took me out to dinner cause he, he, he's just North of Calgary and very involved with the flames. And yeah, uh, for those of people who don't know, it's amazing. Some young kids don't know who he is, but <laughs> one of the, uh, you know, he's typically he's considered one of the top five goalies of all time. Like he's, uh, he's a real deal. And, and anyways, he took me out to dinner, uh, first time on the, on the job. And he, you know, he didn't talk about technique at all. He didn't, uh, he didn't say anything about technique, but what he said to me, the reason he took me out, he, he said to me, John, a goalie can lead from behind. Mm. A goalie can lead from behind. That was basically the message he sent to me. And yeah. which, which, which means, you know, a leader is typically, you know, in, in one's, in one's mind is you have an image of someone leading the charge, right? You know, leading the charge into battle or the coach or the, or, you know, yelling and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, rah, rah, but a goaltender, you have to be a great leader. And the way you do that is a bit different. Like Glenn Hall said, you're doing it from behind, you're doing it from the back. You're not leading the charge, but what you're trying to provide is a, a stability, Mm -hmm. a stability back there, a belief your teammates have to believe in you, and in order to um, to to for them to do so, uh, they got to know you're prepared. Right. They got to know you're reliable. And um, if you show that, you don't just show that some of the time. If you show that on a daily basis, and you really gain a team's trust, it's amazing what that can do for a team's morale. And if 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 you don't if you're not that type of guy, if there's not a belief in you as a goalie that can really on, on the, on the flip side, really hurt a team's ability to, to perform. So leadership, uh, quiet leadership, leadership by example. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a key that separates. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, and and maybe kind of looking back over all your years coaching, uh, leading up to this point now, Obviously, you know, I and I've said this on the show, you know, goaltending has a different face even every decade, but even every few five years. Right. Um, so where exactly has your philosophy shifted the most and what exactly are some of the new trends you're seeing emerge at, at the NHL and HL level in terms of where, you know, the position of goaltending and, and general goaltending philosophy is heading? Hmm. Well, it's ch- it's certainly changed a lot. I, I, I think. um I don't know if, if my approach on the ice, um, what I want my goaltenders to do, what I communicate them mm-hmm. to, to them has changed that much. I, I ran up against it a lot, uh, you know, back in 92 when I moved to Toronto. 
everybody was still doing the the skate save, the two pad right. style, the big poke check, and um, you know I recognized way back then that that the the, the butterfly and uh, um, you know keeping one's body up, the recovering with the proper leg, all the things that are that are yeah. normal today. I, I I recognize the importance of that as well. I've never been uh, a guy to start far out on the white ice. I've always been, you know, start back in the net and come out as needed, um, which is kind of where the game is today. So, you know, there's little things that I've adjusted for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the biggest thing for me is 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 uh, how a coach communicates. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's all pretty standard these days. Everybody's pretty well on board. You know, no one's no one's pushing the two pad stack anymore. Yeah, right. Um, so how does how do you communicate as a coach? How do you how do you get your message up, up, up across? How uh, what do you emphasize? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, how do you how do you recognize what is uh, what is important for for the individual? And everybody's different. And uh, the way you relay the message and, and motivate, uh, you know, those are the those are the keys uh, these days. Um, and I think you know, going way back, I was probably a little bit more of the, you know, ram it down your throat and make sure you work hard type of guy. But there's so much, <laughs> so much more to it than that. And fortunately, yeah, for sure. fortunately, I've I, I feel like I've improved a lot over the years and and able to uh, deliver the message a little bit better. But, um, you know, there's no real, there's no real new trends. This yeah. game is so quick. It's so fast. These, these players are getting better and better and they're so good. These shots, their releases mm-hmm. are quick and they're, they're disguised. And uh, so you have to be in great position and you have to have great patience Um and that's uh, you know, there's no two ways about it. And yeah. that's something that's something that that you know has been emphasized since uh, since uh, the beginning of time for goalies. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you mentioned um, just everybody sort of different, and I, I think there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, you look at the NHL itself. You know, 60, 65 goalies. Uh, you think it's safe to say? You know, a lot of them had different roads. They have a different style, different identity. I think there's a lot of kids out there wondering how they can sort of develop their own identity. Even you know, me being a small guy, I was sort of able to find uh, the things I was strong at and, and sort of double down on those things. So maybe you can just kind of briefly touch on, um, you know how how kids can go out there and and find their identity and find their style and and play to their strengths and and sort of find their way in this um you know dynamically changing and uh goalie world that we live in Hmm. yeah i mean uh, it's it's tough when you're a kid it's tough to 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 carve your own identity but um because there's so many influences right yeah uh peer pressure but uh you know, it's, it's, it starts with, it starts with parents. I mean, mm-hmm. parents got to encourage the parents need to encourage, um, the pursuit of, of doing something you love. And if you love something, uh, supporting it and making sure it's fun and, and, and making sure that, uh, there's a level of, uh, hard work if you're going to commit to something, um, 
but just letting your uh, letting your child within those parameters, you know, be themselves. Mm. And uh, it's important for a goalie coach uh, as well to let let the kids uh, teach them the fundamentals, uh, but recognize that that everybody develops at a different pace and, um, and it takes time and be patient. Um, you know, and, and as long as, as long as the love, the fun and and the work is being put in, uh, things will fall into place. But, um, it's good to, I mentioned, you know, watching other goalies and learning Mm -hmm. from them, uh, that is good to do. And, and primarily I think you pick up, things and, and you're able to discern patterns better, but I wouldn't reckon, recommend trying to play like someone else. Right. Um, I, I, I think, you know, everybody's different. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend playing like some, trying to mimic yeah. someone. Um, you know, you might want to mimic some of their, some of their, their, their habits or, or their, uh, um, you know, their attitude or their approach, you know, right. you discern from interviews or whatever, uh, the way they position themselves, uh, their patience and all, all these, their poise, but the exact way they hold their, their glove or their, their feet or a certain distance apart or whatever it is, you know, everybody's, everybody has to find their own comfort spot right. and that's good. You know, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Um, you just have to uh, you have to find your own way within a fundamental structure, of course. Yeah. You once you get too far out of a out of what makes fundamental sense, then then you you're probably running into trouble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and finally, uh, a big question we always ask on the show: uh, What are your two best goalie hacks, either on ice drills or, or off ice drills, or mental approach, or? Anchor techniques, et cetera, can, can be anything um, that, you, that you do with your goalies or teach your goalies that typically helps them find success much quicker on the ice. Breathe. Mm. Breathe. Breathing is, is, is a wonderful tool. Breathing, you know, goaltending is focused, right? Yeah. If, if, if you're not focused, uh, <laughs> if you're not focused, pretty tough to play. Yeah, it takes absolutely. extreme focus. Yeah. And, and there's so many distractions that get, a, get in the way of, of good focus. Um, you know, so many thoughts pop into one's mind. And, uh, you know, the, the researchers say, you know, you hear, I don't know how they come up with these numbers, but anywhere between 6,000 and 60,000 thoughts a day pop through mm-hmm. your mind. So, um, you know, it, which, is, which is fine and, and it's great when they're positive, but when they're negative, and you start to worry and you start to go down rabbit holes and you get down and distracted and you're trying to play a game, you're in big trouble. So breathing is a cue for me. Breathing is a signal to calm down. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go into all the, unless you want, we talk about an hour uh, about breathing, <laughs> but, but it's, you know, you have the, you have the, if you're, if you're worried, you enter a, enter a state of, of, of alarm, you need to calm down. You need to get into what they call sympathetic, uh, right. into your sympathetic nervous system, which allows more clarity and calmness um, and ease of movement. And, and, and the, the best way to do that, that I know of, is to take a deep breath, to think about your breath. And um, when you get your mind focused on your breath, 
then it's tough to think about something else. So you, that helps yeah. you. That helps to center yourself. You got to stay centered. You got to stay in the moment. So using one's breath to center oneself and get back to the moment and the task at hand, which is just stopping the puck, uh, mm-hmm. to me is is some, that's something I use a lot and and uh, and work on a lot and recommend uh, goalies work on. There's different ways to breathe. You can breathe. Uh, through your chest or through your diaphragm and, and you want to do it through your diaphragm. So that's an important thing to understand. And there's, you can go online, YouTube and, and research breathing and, and, and look up all the things I'm talking about and, and practice them. And um, meditation, you know, mm-hmm. meditation is really, uh, it gets uh, for people who don't do it, you know, they have this image of, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a guy yeah, in a church. <laughs> yeah. You know, something up in the Himalayas or something. Yeah. Right. And it's all it is. All it is, is focusing on one thing. Yeah. Uh, trying to calm your mind down and, and, and breathing is something that's often used just, just thinking about the breathing. And when your mind wanders, it's okay. You know, not judging it, not, not, not getting upset about it. Mm-hmm. bringing your mind back to your breath back back to the the moment and that's practice for your mind that's practice for your focus that's like doing a a, a dumbbell or a, 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 an arm yeah, curl step curl it's it's a it's a rep for your brain every time you you get distracted bring your focus back to your breath so breathing Breathing, breathing properly, using breathing as a cue to center yourself and, and, and re, refocus. Uh, that's the number one, I guess you could say, hack. I don't, yeah. love, I don't love using yeah. that word because nothing's easy. I think it's just hackable. It takes a lot. There's a lot behind everything and proving all your skills. But um, that's a big thing, big thing yeah. for that. Yeah, well, John, do you have any last words of advice uh, for everyone listening that you feel passionate about sharing? Oh, man. I mean, we could talk forever. There's nothing that comes to mind. Just um, just do what you love and, mm-hmm. and, and work at it. Do what you love and work at it and, and, and understand that you're going to go through tough times, tough periods. You're letting goals. Goalies letting goals. You can't have a shutout every game. And uh, you just got to persevere through those tough times. Uh, If you really want something, you know, you keep going like you did. Obstacle, small guy, you you just kept going and and you got to where you needed to get. So um, that's that's all I have to say for now. It's uh, it was good hanging out with you. Yeah. Well, John, uh, thank you so much you know, for coming on the show, always a pleasure to have someone with uh, extensive experience at the next level, uh, currently still helping goaltenders at the next level, uh, next level, just navigate the ever changing. And, you know, we mentioned the just dynamic world of goaltending has changed so much over the years. Um, but just constantly adapting. And I know everyone listening today will love the insight as well. So can you just let everyone know where they can uh, get in touch with you online? Yeah, sure. You can go to the website, which is Elkin, E-L-K-I-N, ElkinGoaltending.com. And uh, there's contact information there, phone number, email. My email is J-O-N at ElkinGoaltending.com. And uh, I'm also on Instagram under ElkinGoalie. Twitter, I don't use Twitter too much, but ElkinGoalie as well. Um, so those are those are the best areas. And, and uh, 
you know, whether you're a, a young youngster just beginning or an NHL pro, I'm, I, I work with everybody, love uh, just helping people out, helping people become the best they can be. So uh, reach out anytime. Yeah. Go, go check out. Uh, so go check out John Elkin. All the mentioned links will be available in the show notes. Uh, if anyone wants to connect with him, his team or his goalie school and him and his goaltenders have experienced tons of success at the next level for over 20 years now. And I know they all have a very bright future ahead of them. So uh, maybe somewhere down the road, we'll have you back on the show, John, if that's something that interests you. Anytime for you, Mike. Well, I'm grateful for you coming on, buddy. Good luck as we roll into the season. Take care, stay safe, and we'll chat soon, man. Okay, brother. Ciao. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode, Goalies. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. Make sure to tune back into the show in two weeks and every other Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. As next episode, I have the assistant coach in North Dakota coming on the show, Carl Gehring. That's right, college hockey's esteemed best program and he's been there over a decade to give us an inside look into ultimately what separates the good from the great and an inside look into how he evaluates goalies and what they typically look for uh, when they're conducting their scouting and uh, Carl is just a super well-established coach who, who really knows his stuff and has been around and uh, is super passionate about the game and I know you guys are going to love this one so make sure to tune back next week without further ado here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the goalie hacks podcast and just as a note here if you enter into this giveaway even if you don't win uh, we select four winners a month and and that includes books uh, different products training products uh, neuro tracker subscriptions we give away all sorts of things we pick four people a month and even if you don't win uh, one month you're always entered into uh, the the future the future giveaway so to enter the giveaway if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you in two weeks. Oh,